with J-Dubs and Rocky. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Rockin' Royal Oak, Michigan. Be sure to find us at podcastdetroit.com. What time is it? It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Oh, happy hump day. <laughs> so, okay, this is going to uh, start off. I can tell how this is going to go today. So I have a, co- uh, somebody, a special co-host with me today because Rocky is not in the area. Um, co-hosting this week is Jim Brogan, and he knows all about taking the leap of faith to pursue a business. He is the CEO and founder of Lease Integrity Group, LLC, which is a commercial real estate lease audit service firm. His firm spe- specializes in recovering overcharges of rent by aggressive landlords through lease contract compliance. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds just like a, a, quite a leap of faith. It sure it? does. Um, you, so you sound like a, what are you, a bill collector or something? What is that? <laughs> well, I'm a glorified auditor. And really what it is, is and what I do is, there's a, a term in the industry, people call me the lease police. And, and what that that sounds much more sexy than lease auditor. Yeah. And so what I do is I've combined the elements of being a real estate CPA with the elements of a real estate attorney. And I come in and I handle disputes between landlords and tenants. Oh, wow. So what that entails is trying to come out with an end game where both parties are happy with the outcome. And they both feel like they got a fair shake under the terms of their lease agreements. So it's not um, like do people go to you if they're they want some consulting on on the lease they're about to sign, or is this disputes that come up after they're well, already in the contract? That's a good question. Most of the work that I do involves after the lease is signed and mm. you're down the road a year or two, okay. and the tenant gets a billing statement, and it doesn't quite look like what they thought they bargained for and it looks too high. So they engage me to come in and make sure that the contract is being adhered to. So I come in and I take a very neutral stance, but most of my clients are on the tenant side. So I just Mm -hmm. make sure that their contracts are being adhered to on their behalf. So they would go to you instead of going to an attorney? Yes, absolutely. Because the attorneys draft the leases, accountants uh, interpret the leases, and I'm there to meld the two professions to get what's the true understanding and intent of what the agreement entails. Wow, that sounds complicated. It is. I've been doing it for 25 plus years. I really enjoy it, very passionate about it. And, you know, you talk about leaf of faith and, and, you know, what launched me into this was the ability to really stand on my own laurels and do this on my own. Because mm-hmm. I used to do this with Deloitte and mm-hmm. I worked in their consulting group, worked for private uh, landlords in and around the Detroit area. But I saw this niche opportunity to come up and I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, that is a good niche because I'm thinking about like businesses that, you know, when we rented we could have used you. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I am. <laughs> yeah, here you are. Well, how do people get a hold of you then? Well, they can reach me either through my email, which is leaseintegrity at gmail.com. It's lease, L-E-A-S-E, integrity, I-N-T-E-G-R-I-T-Y at gmail.com. Or you can just call me on my uh, on my cell phone. I'm always available at 248 703 
800-242-2724. Okay, great. Well, thanks for being here today, and I'm excited you're co-hosting. I appreciate it, Jackie. Yeah, and I you're, you're going to be here on a regular basis now? That's the plan. Is it? And well, oh, if you, you guys can, all heard it. It's it, being taped. If you can bend my arm, <laughs> I'll Because he it. usually bails. You guys know Jimmy. He bails. Yeah, but you I all... kept checking my phone because I was waiting for that text going, oh, guess what came up? <laughs> but then I found out you offered free alcohol. There you and, go. You know, how do I, yeah, how do I uh, turn that at, down at, at noon? noon. <laughs> on a Wednesday. Come on. Um, no, I, I'm excited, but <laughs> I was laughing before we started because here you are. It's your first day. First of all, you, you're hoarding to mics over there, so I don't know if you're planning on going back and forth. Or if you have that much to say that you needed two mics. <laughs> I like the sound of my voice on both sides. <laughs> Oh, we got to take a picture of this and post it because I, I hope Anna's listening. Is she listening today? Anna's listening. Hi, yeah. Anna. What about the kids? The kids are listening too. Cameron is up in Mount Pleasant. Yes. Aaron. Hi, Cameron. And I noticed uh, that Cameron liked our post. Yes, he did. And mm-hmm. Aaron is up at Michigan State. Uh, hi, Aaron. I, Ian's at Troy High. So he ho- hopefully he's got his headset in and he's in his history class yeah, I mean, listening to it. Yeah, hopefully he knows his priorities, right? Or he's in a food fight in the cafeteria. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like five. Father, right? <laughs> right. Son. Okay, but the other reason I was laughing is that before we were starting, you, you were already pointing at me like hand signs and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what they do in this business? No. <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. The only person that does that is Josh. She's the only one that's allowed to do that. Um, Sorry, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, she, uh, she already you're, muted you're fine. you. I think she already muted you. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, okay, so listen, how are Cassandra and your parents doing down in Florida? You know, that's uh, that's quite a hot topic is uh, Hurricane Irma. Yeah. We have a stepdaughter. Well, I have a stepdaughter. My wife's daughter, Cassandra, lives in Clearwater, and she was displaced. She got out last Thursday and spent uh, four or five days up at our, my brother-in-law's in Atlanta. Wow. She's down there by herself, just started a I new know. job. I yeah. felt so bad for her. I mean, because yeah. can scary. you imagine right. a young then, girl not knowing where to go or what to do? Or And you see all the news reports oh. about how horrible this storm I was supposed know. to be. So were she, you glued to the TV? We were oh, all yeah. weekend. I was Pretty stressful. Too. It was. And, you know, my parents are down there. Right. They live in Port Charlotte. They fared well because the hurricane ended up going further east. So it missed them. They were on the good side of but the uh, hurricane. Before they knew that, though, they kind of had decided to not evacuate, right? They didn't. My dad's um, a little bit uh, stubborn. and wow. uh, he, he, he figures he's better off to just hunker in and grind it out. He's been through two now, so and he's, oh, he, he's two for two. So I guess he has a pretty wow. good track record. Gosh, that was scary. And But thank God, everybody's safe, including yeah. Anna's grandma. i got to throw a shout-out oh. to her. She's 105 years old. Lives in Fort Myers, and she <gasps> grinded it out through the storm. She did? Yeah. They only lost a few shingles, but she's doing good. Does she live by herself? She lives with her daughter, who's 80-something. Oh. So, Wait, so, so she's 105? 105. Can Seriously? You yeah. And she has all her faculties, and she's, she's really with it. Wow. I wonder what that secret is. <laughs> huh? Well, it, it, she's Norwegian, and she, oh, she yeah. has that, that Nordic mm-hmm. blood in her, so she has a lot of resilience. Yeah. Wow, no kidding. Well, I'm glad to hear that everybody's okay, and of course our hearts go out to everybody affected, um, both in Florida and in um, Texas, and hopefully with all these telethons that are happening and fundraisers, you know, they'll all be able to get back to some normalcy. I have a friend who is a nurse down there, and she was not allowed to evacuate. She had to go live at the hospital. Mm-hmm. They all had to stay, like, in a little bunk area um, the entire weekend, and they were all assigned different, uh, like, trauma teams. Yeah, it was pretty stressful. Yeah, because she had to leave her family and go to the mm-hmm. hospital. So yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, I'm glad everybody's safe. Yeah. And, and did anything happen to, uh, like, Cassandra's uh, apartment? apartment. Or? You know, there was some minor damage with the trees. A lot mm-hmm. of uh, palm fronds are, were blown around. But other than that, they really fared the storm well. Wow. So no huge structural damage. There's a lot of power outages and, mm-hmm. you know, gas stations are still closed and restaurants aren't open. So... And I'm actually headed down there. Anna and I are going down there tomorrow. Really? To, we had this trip scheduled for two months out. Oh, you did? We did. And it just so happened the <gasps> storm hits a few days before we go down there. But it turns out to be a, a good time because we can go spend some time with our daughter. And, yeah. You know, give her a little bit of support. Oh, yeah. And at the same time, go see, you know, maybe how my folks are doing because they're only yeah. about an hour away. So 
Oh, that is good timing, really. Now, are people back to work? Like, is Cassandra back to work? I believe she did go back today. She did? Yeah. Wow. So, business as usual. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, um, so anyway, the good news is um, I passed my driver's test. (laughs) That's a good thing. Yeah. No, I I failed it. Like when I was in my forties, I had to go and renew it. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, I did. It's so it's always a nightmare for me. I have a perfect driving record. I don't. I'm a good driver, but I just all those like signs and stuff. I, I can never remember it. So it was when they. So the last you know fifteen years, I've been able to do it through the mail. But this time, I had to go in again. I was just having the major anxieties. I thought, here we go again. I have to stand up there, and the lady's going to have to walk me through it, and everybody's going to be quiet and stare at me, saying, "She's really that dumb." <laughs> You're not but dumb. I Congrats. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we are ready to get into our favorite. Not yet, Jimmy. <laughs> Hold up. I know you're just so anxious. I'm biting at the bit I'm to gonna... read these little sound bites. <laughs> Before we get to our guest, I have a couple mentions. When change is the only constant, people and businesses must be built to adapt. That Moment is a new podcast about the pivot that changes everything. Moments that open doors for discovery and growth, but also bring the looming possibility of failure. Hear people's stories of taking risks and finding success in business and in life on the new podcast, That Moment, found wherever you listen to podcasts. Need great branding but can't afford a designer? Be your own designer with Maker. Join the over 1 million who've discovered Maker for creating unique and professional-looking logos and branding materials at an affordable price. Try it out today. Friends of the podcast get a free logo with the code NOONER. That's N-O-O-N-E-R. Just visit www.makr.co forward slash NOONER to redeem your code. That's maker, M-A-K-R dot C-O forward slash Nooner and enter the code Nooner at checkout. Also, our show today is sponsored by Tom Stewart Plumbing and Drain, serving the Metro Detroit Tri-County area. From leaky faucets to major plumbing repairs, Tom Stewart Plumbing can serve all your home needs. Give them a call at 586-625-7800 or you can reach them at TomStewartPlumbing.com. It's time for our favorite segment. What's the wish? What's the way? This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. After many years of pursuing separate career paths, three high school friends plus one left their solo careers behind to pursue a new business venture together. Now, we've all heard the saying, never mix friendships with business. Well, this foursome is proving that philosophy wrong. On February 12, 2012, the Fab Four, Joe Morelli, Kenny Morelli, Glenn Wilson, and Mark Artinian successfully opened Chris Belly's Bakery and Pizzeria in Berkeley, Michigan. Five years later, not only did they surpass the break-even point, but they went on to open three more locations. So how did they do that? We're about to find out. Welcome to the Nooner Show. We have Joe and Kenny here. How are you? Hi, how Good. Are you how are you guys doing? Doing great. Good. And thanks for being here. See, Jimmy, look at They brought food. You can't beat that. So no. now I have alcohol and, and food. <laughs> and food. And you, you've eaten at their restaurants. I have. I've been to the Troy location on many occasions and uh, love the food. There's the, the pizzas are great. I've had yeah. burgers, sandwiches. The soups are phenomenal. They're all homemade. They really do a good job in the restaurant. So I can't say enough about their restaurant and their concept. Very I know. Happy. Well, I, I feel so the, sim- Thanks, the same. I, we, we've gone to the Berkeley location a few times, and I'm just blown away at um, the whole uh, system, just how well it runs. So we're going to get into all of that. Um, now, you think Mark is coming, right? We might have. Yeah, Mark, one of our partners also, as you heard, should be here soon. Um, okay. Hopefully Perfect. he will be. So if he does, he'll walk into the middle of this. That's okay. We'll just we'll talk about him when he's not here. No. Okay. <laughs> um, well, let's start off with Joe. I'll have you start this. Um, how did you guys? What's the history of the relationship? Ah, uh, the history is my brother Kenny and I have obviously brothers, and we were partners in Papa Romano's. We were Papa Romano franchisees for quite a few years. Oh, I didn't realize you guys were partners. Yes, yes. We, we were partners oh. in Papa Romano's also. Okay, which started back in Southfield. Right. 
And so we were along for the ride with 25 good years with Papa Romano's. Wow. And so we've always loved pizza, known pizza. Mm -hmm. And Mark, our good friend who we grew up with in Southfield, he was also in the food business. He started and ran Bosco Pizza Company, which sold millions of Bosco sticks, which a lot of our listeners, I'm sure their children grew up on Bosco sticks. Right. And we were always talking about doing something different. Mark always had a passion for getting into the full-service restaurant industry. Kenny and I did. And then our fourth partner, Glenn, is Mark's brother-in-law. Oh. And he also owns a pub out in Commerce Township. Oh, so all of you All of you had restaurant experience. Restaurant experience. I didn't realize that. I mean, I I knew you did, and I knew Kenny did, but I thought you guys had separate... um, Well, they were all like different facets of the restaurant business. And so was... So the friendship after high school was intact. I mean, yes. you guys saw each other. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, so when did you guys start having the conversation? Like, whose idea was it to for you guys to all go into business uh, together? It's, you know, we all talked about it. Kenny and I always were looking for some different things. Mark was too. And so probably throughout 2011, we were all talking about starting up this concept and uh, – we decided to give it a run in early 2012, and it's been a very great thing since. So was it, it like a year of planning then before you guys – like at what point did you say, okay, let's do this. Let's sell our other businesses, and we're all going to dive in. Or did you guys start that as a side hustle? Did you start Chris well, as a side hustle and keep your other – Well, Kenny and I did sell out of Papa Mano's. Okay. It was a nice move for us to leave that franchise, get with this. Okay. Mark was still involved in Bosco's. Okay. Glenn still has his other restaurant. But yeah, to your point, it was about a year into planning. We picked a location. We knew 12 Mile of Woodward, you know, right across from the shrine was a great spot to start. Right. And uh, we opened and it's, it, it was a great thing. Well, let me ask you this. What were some of the concerns going into this partnership? Because you guys all had your own things. So that means you're all leaders. Um, and how do you, were you concerned at all of having four strong personalities, four entrepreneurs together as partners, or, or was that actually um, does did that make it easier that decision? Uh, that certainly had some ups and downs with that. Yes, we're all four leaders, we're all four entrepreneurs. So there was, but again, being friends, and like you alluded to earlier, yeah. was. A lot of our meetings, we would be having a nice glass of beer or a bottle of wine. and So so being friends then actually made it easier. Yeah, I believe so, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I think so, because we, we knew each other. And, you know, me and Joe for being partners um, really 25 years before we got into this. Wow. Uh, with Chris Bellies. Uh, you know, we worked good together, and we always have. And, and, yeah. You know, it's always in a partnership. It's just, you know, give and take. And, um, you know, we've, we've, we've all done a good job of it. I got a quick question. How did you come up with the name? That's a great point. Uh, and a lot of people think, which one of you is named Crispelli? Yeah. Well, it's not. Well, a Crispelli is like an Italian, almost like a fried donut, which ah. we sell at the restaurants. Oh. And we were actually weren't sure of our name. This is back in mid-2011. We're going back and forth on some ideas. And our architect, who's Ron Ray, you know, Ron and Roman, great designers in Birmingham. Mm. Ron's Italian. And his mother-in-law had asked us at one of our initial meetings at the architect's office, are you guys going to sell Crispelli's? Oh, wow. And she brought us a plate of Crispelli's, and we just fell in love with the name, and we researched it, and the name was available, and that's that's how we came up with the name. Oh, that's funny. That was a good question, Jim, because I was sitting there thinking, well, the Ellie is the Morelli part of it. (laughs) People think that. Nothing but just – it's a regional dessert in Italy that – I'm Italian and yep. had not even heard of the word acrylic crispelli was. Right, right. It's very similar to a beignet. It's like an Italian beignet. Sure, hmm. sure. It's good to know that because I had never known where the name came from. Yeah. And um, I, I've never tried a crispelli, so I'm going to have to yeah. try a crispelli now. So yes. I'm assuming you sell those there. Yes, we do. Okay. <laughs> They're very good. <laughs> That's always good to know. Now, as far as the, um, you know, what is your favorite part of the business? What do you like most about Owning and operating a multiple restaurant f- store. Well, I think for me, the, the funnest part has been just getting into a new challenge. So, um, you know, the full-service restaurant was something that that I wasn't really um, a part of most of, you know, Papa Romano's. And, and 
um, just creating everything ourselves. So we've made all the decisions on how this business is going to run. Um, we've had some changes along the way. I'm sure people have started with us at the very beginning, walking into Berkeley and seeing multiple different aspects of, um, you know, changing our flow and, and how things are going to go. And, uh, you know, that's a good part about it, too, is, is we're open for change to make a better experience for our customers. And um, in some of the locations, we're still trying to, you know, figure that out and, and make things happen. But, you know, every day it's just it's, – it's something new. And, and, you know, interacting with the customers. I love interacting with the customers. We opened up a bakery, which um, – you know, it's phenomenal. Been, uh, there are you. lines out there. So I, I just got to say the coffee, um, the yeah, the coffee cake, the mm-hmm. like the cinnamon coffee cake. So we vacation with Mike and Gina every year, and she brought it up. You probably didn't get any, Jimmy, because I took it because you know how much weight they lost, Gina and Mike. They look really good, and I did not want them to gain weight, so I took it to the cottage I was staying at, and I kept it. Well, why didn't you give me some? You know I'm into gaining weight I don't right want now. you to gain weight either. So uh, that is the best. And you guys make all your own stuff at the bakery, right? Everything made from scratch. We, wow. Our bakery and our restaurants, everything is – we have chefs in all our restaurants. Everything is made from scratch. And, uh, yeah, we – you know, our, our whole concept – you know, we like to say starts with bread. And mm. even with Crispelli's, everything revolved around the dough, our pizza dough, our bread for our sandwiches. Um, mm. And really, our Berkeley location was a mini bakery. And as we grew and we needed more space, we opened up the, the bakery in Royal Oak. And um, it's called Bread by Crispelli's. Mm-hmm. And we also service, uh, you can find our bread in all the Westbourne markets. We service oh, wow. 35 to 40 restaurants in the area. Really? Um, and, and looking My to grow. God. I mean, it's, we want to you know, make that a big part of our business. Wow. So you know, also. let me ask you about that. So you started talking about this in 2011 or you had already made the decision. So it took about – like how did you create the model and the, and the concept for the company? How, did, did you guys start with this is what – like you all pictured the same thing at the like the end result and work backwards well, or how did you do that? It's a great question. That's still always evolving. You know, in the restaurant business, if you're not on top of what's going on, you're you're losing. Yeah, but you have a, a unique model. We do have a unique model that we were one of the first in Metro Detroit to bring what was kind of called fast casual self service right. to Metro Detroit. You see it on the West Coast, on the East Coast in San Francisco and Boston. We're one of the first in Metro Detroit to do that. Mm-hmm. And now there's a lot more right. following with that concept. Right. But we're, we're, we're constantly evolving. Our restaurants, what we call a hybrid, where they have a full-service part of the dining room mm-hmm. and a self-service part of the dining room. Right. So that is a good thing. It also sometimes has some challenges to make sure you're doing well at both aspects of the business. Yeah. But so we're always evolving. Like you had said, how did we think this up? We aren't exactly now today what we thought we might be six years ago. Oh, really? So we're always changing, some for the better, some mm-hmm. we're still learning. Mm-hmm. Some of the decisions, you know, you don't hit a home run. Some right. you strike out and you, you try again. So how do, you, how do you guys handle that with four people and four partners? Because when you were on your own, you obviously called the shots. It was your way or, yes. you know. So how, did, how does that happen? Like, did you guys lay down some ground rules? Like, this is how we're going to go about decision making. This is what happens when, when you guys have a setback or a challenge. How do you guys handle that? I mean, it, uh, you, you handle it. We all get along, which is great. Mm-hmm. We all respect each other's opinions. There's times we agree. There's times we agree to disagree. Okay. But it's just... If if you get along, those are challenges you can handle. Right. You don't always get it right the first time. And right. As, again, as as Kenny alluded to, our Crispelli's faithful have known that we've there's been some changes over the five years. What what were some of the major changes? Well, well, I'll tell you one of the changes. And you know, when we were developing our concept, we we had where the customer would go up to each area and order their food. So they'd go to the pizza maker, order right from the pizza maker, go to the salad. Mm-hmm counter order right from the salad person um and then you'd grab all your food and you'd go to the cashier and they'd bring you up well while we were talking about this joe was the one who who really wasn't in favor of this concept because he said it was going to be a a dine and dash dream for people um and we found out that's a good that to be true so and not only was it people intentionally do it 
groups of people would come in, think one person paid, they thought the other person yeah. paid. We get phone calls the next day and say, our party left and we realized nobody paid, so we want to wow. pay you now. So um, we realized that wasn't working. So that's one of the changes. We took out our center cashiers, added more seating, um, you know, and, and moved things around that way. And, and uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, move for the better for us and for the customer. It made things a little bit less confusing for the customer and, and uh, yeah. gave us a better flow to our restaurant. You know what I find very uh, fascinating is growing up with you guys in Southfield, Michigan. This is kind of a mini reunion of sorts for us because, you know, I've known you guys going back to school, churches, baseball, all those sort of things. And then going to Papa Romano's at Nine Mile and Telegraph, that was a mainstay for us. Yeah, it right? was. I mean, it definitely was. A lot of people met there. A lot of people got their pizza there. And it was, it was, it was an icon in Southfield. And so it's it's really it's it's encouraging to me to see that you guys you know how many years more you know further down the road twenty five plus years yeah. actually further than twenty five that you guys are successful you've evolved you've created a new concept um, still in the food but you've really seems like you've tweaked your your way of uh, producing and and your way of uh, marketing yourselves to be current in the uh, in the uh, local area. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to know, do you have any plans of expanding beyond the three restaurants and bakery? Well, we do. We're not rushing into anything. We want to, you know, improve the four restaurants that we currently have. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, of course, we do. Yeah, that was our goal all along when the four of us, you know, we had other businesses. Mm-hmm. We've been, you know, kind of successful entrepreneurs already. So our goal was to to do something for the long term that, you know, could become a nice model. Boy, you know, I can't um, imagine the stress of making that decision to uh, leave your independent businesses to venture into something. At at this point, I mean, the stakes are higher, you know. Yes. If it didn't work out, you guys have families, um, you had successful careers. So you really had to truly believe in what you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. To make that decision. Um, does it blow you away, though, at how well it took off? Uh, yes and no. I mean, we had very lofty goals we did. Uh-huh. Um, so part of it, I would say no. Part, yes, because we were very blessed that it's a very – our Berkeley location is, you know, busier than heck. Yeah. Our other two are doing very well also. Mm-hmm. But I uh, know you're right. You never know. You never yeah. know if you could open something up and, you know, restaurants well, restaurants close every day. Exactly. And if you just read the statistics, I mean, 50% of all businesses close, fail within the first five years. And then obviously that goes up. And within the first five years, it was just the opposite for you guys. You just kept expanding. Yeah. Like, that's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Now, thank you. It, it's been a good thing. And hopefully it'll just continue. We're still learning. You know, there's, yeah. new, there's new concepts coming to Metro Detroit in the restaurant business. Everybody thinks they can do it. Yeah. And it's easy. You see an engineer one day who opens up a restaurant and you see somebody who used to sell cars now opens up a pizzeria and everybody thinks it's easy. Right. Because right. it's, it's relatively inexpensive to get into the restaurant industry mm-hmm. and it's quite easy to fail. Right. But there's a lot of good new guys coming to town and it keeps up. We have to stay sharp on our toes because right. you know, somebody's coming after our business. Do you guys, like when you travel, do you guys um, seek out like certain restaurants? Like like do you ever watch the diners, um, the 3Ds? What's that show? Uh, the diners. Yeah, diners, diners, drivers, 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 drivers. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys, absolutely. Do you ever seek out those restaurants and just see what they're doing yeah. or to get some ideas? Do you guys? No, we, we always do. In fact, when I'm on vacation with my family, my um, kids always, you know, tease me of, you know, Dad, you're always working. You're always, you know, looking to see what they're doing. Yeah. And, and I do. And, and, you know, that's one of the differences with us is we all come from not only the restaurant business. We all enjoy what we do. We all have a, we all have a passion for what we do. Yeah. And for me, getting up and going into work every single day, I, I enjoy it. And That's awesome. You know, a lot of people that get into the restaurant business, you know, they think that it's easy to do. Their grandma had a good recipe and they can open a restaurant. Right. and um it's not something that they're really passionate for. You know, we're, we're constantly in the stores trying to improve our, our product, our, our, you know, um, customer experience. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what's, that's what's worked for us is. Now, do the four of you have the same role but in different stores or are the, the roles different with the company? Like do you have certain things that you're responsible for? No, it's a great question. We all do different things. There's mm-hmm. certain things that – 
you know, Mark might be better at, certain things Kenny might be the best at, or myself or Glenn. So we all do different things. Um, which and is, are you guys in separate stores or? We roam. You roam? Yeah. You guys yeah. do? Yeah. Just, yeah, okay. we roam yeah, around. We Not one of us has a particular role in a particular spot. Well, how do you decide where you're going to go? Like, or do you just get up and say, well, I think I'm going to go to Berkeley today and maybe all your partners might be there? Uh, that's a great point. It's kind of just hit and miss. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we're all, like Kenny said, we all enjoy the business. Yeah. So the food business might just mean that, well, I'm really not working on a Wednesday, but I might just pop into my restaurant and hang out Wednesday night for four hours, which is, it's like you're working. Right. You're there observing, overseeing. Oh, right. Yeah. You can't so, go in and hang out. There's no going in and hanging out. Correct. <laughs> but, but sometimes it's good to be a... A fly on the wall. Like yeah. when, I, when I work, half the time I'll wear a Crispelli shirt and half the times I will not because oh. you want to be a fly on the wall sometimes or maybe some customers don't know who you are. Right. And so you want to just kind of blend in and observe and see what's going on. Right, right. So we kind of all do a version of that of just, you know, checking yeah. things out. And how often do you guys get together as partners and have meetings and go over the plan? You know, I, I would say that – uh um, we try and do it on a regular basis. In the summertime, it's a little bit less often. Yeah, you know, we all got things that we that we uh, do with our families in the summertime. But um, scheduling things, you know, on a weekly or biweekly basis. But mm-hmm. we're always talking on the phone. We're always, um, you know, running into, into each other at the different locations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so, yeah, it, it's. When there's important things that we need to talk about, we definitely schedule things. And, and yeah. um, when we talk with our director of operations and things like that, it's, it's uh, you know, those are all scheduled. Yeah, and we have a we great, have. Jackie, let me say, we have a great staff, great team, and that allows the four of us to roam, like Kenny said, mm-hmm. and we'll go where we're needed. But our staff is outstanding. Well, let me ask you about that because it's clear, I, I know just from the Berkeley store, that it was so well run that you have to have a great team to do that. But yeah. how how did you guys how much time do you guys spend on hiring and how what's the hiring process? How did you get a great staff? Well, quite a bit of time on it. Are it you is, all involved in the decision making when you hire people? Uh yes and no because we we can we do have a director of operations who makes some of those decisions as well. Some of the key key hires if we're looking for a new executive chef, yeah, we all might interview them, we all might sit with them and get a vibe. Mm-hmm. The lower level hiring we, it's left to our general manager, so we don't get involved in that at all. So the director of operations, are they like a supervisor? Like they report to you yes. for they oversee all four locations? Yes, we have a dir- – So like a district manager type yes, of person? Yes, correct. And how is it a – who who? how did you hire them? Oh, that's a, is that a guy uh, or a girl? That's or? a guy who's a friend of ours. Is also a self, oh, he's also he's a friend. He's also a Southfield High guy. Who is, really? Who is he? Uh, his name is Ron Nussbaum. He's uh, Southfield High, class of 85. He was also a Pop Romano franchisee. That's what I thought. Really? So he's been in the food business his whole life also. Wow. Okay. So that makes it easier. Yeah. And did you guys, um, when you guys interviewed him, I would imagine you were all involved in that interview, that yes. decision. And did he buy into the concept right away or um, did he well, have he, some of his own ideas he that he shared? He started as our general manager in Berkeley. So we opened in 2012. Okay. He was our head general manager in Berkeley. Okay. And that's where we were all working with him to support him and help him. Right. And he then just eventually grew into this role. Wow. It was a role that we thought he could be great at. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's, it's went very well. So what are the guidelines then when you hire or when he hires managers? Like what's the process? Because that is key to getting a good staff is spending time. We nobody likes to spend time on hiring, you know. No, time consuming. And then it ends mm-hmm. up costing you a lot of money if you don't. Well, yeah, if you, you make a right. bad hire, you exactly. then invest three, four months in training and salary, oh, exactly. and then you get rid of the guy. Yeah, right. It's, it's well, we look for, you know, I always say there's three great things in our business. You need to have a personality. You need to have the passion that we all have, the work ethic, the intelligence. Kind of like four. Because, again, in our concept also, our general managers are the face of Chris Bellies. Right. So you need to have a presence. Right. You need to be able to get along with your staff, get along with your customers. Right. Have a, you know, nice hop in your step. Right. And without that, you know, a lot of restaurants, there's a front house manager and a back house manager where the back house manager, he never even sees the front of the building. 
mm-hmm. never sees customers. But in our concept, with an open kitchen, you you're involved. Yeah. So we need that personality. That's great. Yeah. So it's we look for the right people. Again, we have some great people. Yeah, that that's fantastic. So I've been dying to ask this question. I know if Mark was here, it would be a little bit better because he started Bosco Sticks, correct? Yes, he did. And so my my kids all ask me, they're they're like, you know the guy who started Bosco Sticks? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, not only did I know the guy, I played baseball yes, with him and exactly. goofed around on playgrounds. And I never would have thought I would have known the guy who created Bosco Sticks, let alone a couple of great guys who own, you know, Papa Romano's franchises. That, right. And you you guys really do bring a very personal element to your business because I've been seeing you guys over the years for, for you know, on many occasions. And you make it very inviting and warming and warm to go into your establishments. Thanks. Both, That's important. Both Papa Romano's and Chris Bellies. But all right. So back to Mark. How did Mark start Bosco Sticks? That exploded yeah. into – through the stratosphere. He, uh, yeah, and if he's not here, I know his story quite well. So I'll, um, he had initially started selling frozen pizzas. So he was doing very well selling frozen pizzas. So he's, wait, let me ask you, was he a distributor for somebody? No, or? no, he started a little company on his own. Oh, that and that specialized was his... in selling pizzas to schools. Oh, ah. schools first. For schools yeah. lunches. Okay. And he was doing very well. And probably maybe six, seven years in, him and a couple of his key people thought of this breadstick mm-hmm. called wow. a Bosco stick. Why did they call it a Bosco stick? Well, he Mark's nickname growing up was Johnny Bosco. Yeah, oh. <laughs> how did I know not that? That's how, how he not came up that. with the name Bosco stick. Okay, and it became just legendary in Michigan. He grew yeah. it all fifty states. Wow! And like Jim said, there's you know we'll be in golf outings nowadays. We'll meet somebody. Yeah, and it'll be somebody like who's a caddy. He's maybe 18, 19 years old, and someone will say, that's the guy. He's blown away that he just met the person who invented right. the Bosco right, stick. Right. Who well, doesn't like eat those? Right, right? Yes. exactly. The, it's like the greatest thing that happened. They're in schools now. <laughs> right, Still, right. Tyson, I think, bought out yes. the, yep. the, the company. Tyson bought out. But Mark sold Bosco sticks a couple years back to Tyson. Now, did he? was that to start this new company? No, he'd or? already had this going. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'd already okay. started this. Oh, He okay. sold a couple years ago. Wow. That's amazing. Smart guy. Very smart guy. Yeah. You guys are smart too. I'm not minimizing that at all. But it's just, you know, when, when I tell my kids about Bosco Sticks, they immediately connect. As you guys know, most kids know exactly what that is. And the fact that they're still in schools, you know, it's just a very known commodity around right. here. And they're good. I yeah. mean, you know, they're very good. They, they, they sell them even in grocery stores. Right. No, they're, they're right. everywhere now. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a cool story. And, and to merge know? all that talent, you know, you've got I, – I know you guys and I know Mark and I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with Glenn. I think I had met Glenn before. But, you know, all four of you guys bring a lot of different talent to the table. Thank you. That's what you hope for. Yeah. Yeah, it is amazing. But you can see it with the restaurants and just the fact that how quick they're growing and how busy they are. And, and again, the bakery. Bakery's outstanding. Unbelievable. I'm looking at some uh, baked goods right now that I might have to bust into <laughs> Aya, during the show. Don't start chewing, though, now, because <laughs> we're not going to watch you chew all those. Th- those look beautiful. Yeah, well, that the- pizza smells amazing. Jess, you can go ahead and have one of Jimmy's. Oh, I'm going to as soon as the show's over. <laughs> they brought two pizzas. I said, Jimmy can take one. I'll take one. But So you can go ahead and eat some of Jimmy's. <laughs> so we generous don't, We don't you. want him to gain any weight. Since I'm going to Florida tomorrow, take yeah. half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, how do you guys stay motivated, though? Because, you know, the beginning is always exciting. It's always fun. To, I love launching things. I love that whole creative process. But... Then after, you know, the post-launch, it's like the fun dries up. How do you guys keep it going? Well, I don't think the creative part stops. I mean, we're, like I said, we're always trying to um, change our menus. And with the chefs and all, all our stores, we, you know, are constantly creating new dishes that the chefs would feature in their in their, each location. And, um, uh, you know, like I, I just, like I said, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy going in there. And, and for me, every single day is looking at our restaurant and seeing if there is a, a better experience we can create for our customers or a better wow. dish we can serve for our customers. So every time you go in, you go in with that in mind. You go in with looking around to see what can be done different. Absolutely. To make to make wow. a better experience for our customers, yes. That's fantastic. Yeah, and the restaurant business is always changing. And Like in which way? 
Well, there's somebody new coming to town. Oh, there's somebody yeah. who has a, a new idea, a new way to make a pizza or a new way right. to serve a steak. Like the one restaurant that's I'm pretty impressed with, uh, Black Rock. Oh, yeah. In Black Rock, I think that novelty might wear off at stone? some point. I think. Well, it's called Black oh, Rock. Oh, is it Black they, Rock? You cook your own steak yep. on yep. a stone. Yes. So some people aren't a fan of that. Some people are, but it's it's new. Right. It's different. Right. So there's always ways that the, this food industry is changing. Right. If you aren't evolving with it, yeah, maybe you could get left behind. Something's well, how, pass how do you, you evolve with it? Like, what do you what do you guys do? Like, how do you stay ahead of it? And, well, just like Kenny said, and it's by always observing your own, mm-hmm. you know, product. Yeah. And again, we're all foodies, so you're constantly every night of your life when you're out at a restaurant. You're analyzing that restaurant. Hey, I like how they did that. So maybe yeah. we can steal that idea. Or, right. Or we're doing something better than them. Right. So it's, you know, people will never stop eating. Right. There's so many different ways to eat now. Right. We all know what, with technology. Right. How people are getting food delivered now. Oh, right. So right. now you can order. There's a million different ways to order food now. Do, do You guys don't deliver, do you? We're just going to get into where uh, some of the second hand delivery services, you know, whether it's Uber Eats or Grubhub or oh, Restaurant Connection. Yeah. So, yeah, Crispelli's, we're going to start delivering oh, as well. Awesome. And quite a few restaurants do that now. It's just another way to reach your right. to reach your consumer. Right. Now, will you deliver alcohol too with the dinners or no? No, that we will not do. Okay. Yeah, because that's a pretty big risk. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, the Black Rock. Have you ever eaten there? No. Well, John... He's he's been there a couple times, and what's really interesting is he first discovered that when he was in France, like twenty some years ago. He was at a French restaurant, and that's how they served the 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 food. It was all on these hot, really hot stones, and so they opened one up. I think it's in Sterling Heights, or I think that's yeah, it's where, on Hall Road. Yeah, so he went there and, and was telling me about it, and but see, I'm that whole idea for me. It just sounds like. One, it's too much work. Two, it was like really, really hot. He went on a summer day and the rock is steaming. Plus, it, you're sitting in this booth and it was like that whole thing just does not sound like fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not for everybody. And no. the one thing about them, like I said, I, I do like their concept. Uh-huh. But some of the negatives, and I know a lot of people are saying, is when you leave there, your clothes. Right. Your clothes oh, you smell. reek and smell of the restaurant. Well, and yeah, yeah, there's stuff all over it. Yeah. No, but, I But I they're agree. a perfect idea of what how the Creative. restaurant world is changing. Yeah. And, and there's something different, different ways. Right. It's just like who would have thought years ago that, you know, Papa Murphy's, they're a big chain nationally. They serve you an uncooked pizza. So who would have ever thought that there'd be a thousand of these locations nationwide that you go in and order your pizza and it's raw. You 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 dress it like you want, you pick your toppings, you go home and cook it yourself. Really? Who would have ever thought that concept Oh, I've never. But there's a thousand of, of them. Right. So there's. So my point is, there's a right. numerous different ways that people right will consume their food. Right. But they're consuming it, so that's a yes. good thing. <laughs> and some of us consume it more than others. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I love going out to eat. Oh, I now, do too. Uh, now, do you guys like going out to eat? Yeah, for sure. You do? Uh, not as much for me. Yeah. Um, I love being at home, cooking at home, and and yeah. Um, you know, I still go out to eat quite often, and. Um, I like to get out there and, and see what other restaurants are doing. Yeah. But for me, a home-cooked meal is... Do you ever send, um, like, family or, or um, like, secret shoppers into your restaurants? We have in the past, yeah. Yeah. Or just our friends will always ask them what they say. You know, I was at Chris Bellas yesterday. You know, how, how was your experience? And, yeah. You know, we'll ask them. And... Mm-hmm. What, what did your family think when you guys decided to do this? Or were they, like... I mean, no, I, would, I would have been really nervous. if. No, I think they were very excited for us. Um, they had known, of course, Mark and Glenn as well, and they knew that – I guess they had faith that if you guys are going to leave your past yeah. life at Pop Romano's and get into this, you must be pretty confident. Right. And again, the Berkeley location was so new and kind of a hip vibe that it had that yeah. you know, they were pretty happy for us, and that, they never really questioned that that's great. we were going to make it. Wow, that's excellent. Well, speaking of family, do you have – Younger Morellis and Artinians coming into the fold? You know, not really. Can I each have two kids? Uh, they're in college. Kenny's kids are, his daughter's still in high school. Mm. So my kids are, I I don't see that happening, but you never yeah. know. You never know. You never know. Right. Do they have a right. passion like you guys do for the 
as a foodie or food industry? I, I would say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Just being around it and, yeah, and sure. being exposed to it. Did they ever intern at your restaurants or anything? They've worked there a little bit. Oh, yeah. They? Oh, yeah. My daughter Did you ever fire him? I fired Olivia a few times. <laughs> I've never had to fire her. You didn't? I've not had to fire her my kids yet, no. She's always reminding me, too, how many times I fired her. <laughs> Seriously. She still keeps coming back, though. <laughs> she does. <laughs> See, it's not that bad. Uh, love is thicker than water. Yeah. And mm. friends that play together. Stay, Stay together. together. Yes. And yeah. I think that works for your, your concept. Yeah, it that's does. true. You guys are friends with benefits, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. <laughs> that's a different concept. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I can work with this. The <laughs> benefits true. of having a partnership. and Oh, those benefits. Yeah, the, yes, not the kind yes, of benefits. Yes, yes. That, not yes. the kind of benefits you and your wife, uh, you know, by the way. Speaking of that, oh. <laughs> right? Oh, you mean uh, how friendly Anna is? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, one night Jackie and John had a had a um, dinner party mm-hmm. at their house, and she, we all, she's going to get mad now. But you know, part Anna, of, we're just kidding around with you. Don't get mad. We love you, Anna, and we know you're a very passionate and kind yes. person. Yes, and you know she, she was just spreading the love that night. Well, you know what it was? It was that <laughs> grappa that your husband makes. Yeah. That, that, it's always know, his fault, isn't it? Grappa, let's blame him because he's listening. So that, let's that, go ahead. That and blame puts him. you into a tailspin. Yeah. But, oh yeah. But Anna had a very, very kind night with John and, and Mike. And, yes. And we have pictures. Kissed them very passionately. The alcohol will help spread the love, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. We're just kind of watching her going, wow, look at that. But you know what? People like those that are happy, not not mean. <laughs> so I'll take that over, oh, over the alternative. Yeah. And, for sure. And back to our concept. Friends that play together. Yeah, they're staying stay together. together. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll keep that in mind next time I have you guys over. No, keep the grappa locked up in yeah. the basement. I usually do for Olivia. Well, I didn't mean to say that. Olivia, Olivia's not into grappa. Um, so how do you guys keep your employees motivated? Do you think you can motivate other people? Like, for example, let's talk about general your general managers. Can you keep the, Can you motivate somebody? Yeah, you certainly can try, and you do it with. Uh, you know, three or four things. You do it by being good to them. Mm-hmm. If you treat your employees right, that's where it all starts. Uh, we're happy and passionate at work, so our managers are happy and passionate, which hopefully means our staffs are happy and passionate. That's great. So you also motivate them. You, you incentivize them with, of course, if you run your operation correctly, there's some incentives and some bonuses and rewards. Yeah. But you really motivate them by treating them right, Yeah. honoring their respects, and it, it goes right down to if you're hiring a a 16-year-old girl from high school. You know, you ask her what nights do you need off. You work with their schedule. They all That's have extra cur- extracurricular activities. Right. So if you're good to your people, right. they'll generally work for you. Right. It's usually more than money. Oh, I, I totally agree with you on that. Absolutely. No, yes. and, and we care about our employees, and, and we like to, you know, um, talk about our employees and consider our employees part of our part of our family, and it's our Chris Belly's family, and, and you know, we – we get into their lives. We let them get into our lives, and and uh, you know, just like Joe said, we just we treat them well and we care about them. So that's awesome. How many employees do you guys have between the four? Well, there's in the two hundred neighborhood. Wow. Yeah, really. It's, uh, you know, each each regular restaurant has in that sixty range. Wow. The bakery probably has what twenty five. So there's mm-hmm. right around two hundred employees for sure. Oh my gosh, that's when well, you lot have. Of a, it's probably. Maybe thirty to forty percent of them are full time, uh-huh. and then sixty percent part time. Wow! Because you have a lot of people who will have a second job, right? You know, right. a lot of our servers mm-hmm. at the restaurants might do something else during the day, and they're a part time server at night, right? So the restaurant industry is clearly, you know, I've, I've, it's funny. I always say we're always trying to do enough to keep our great employees, and then you also have to do enough to kind of tolerate. Some of your you right. know, less than great employees. Right. Because again, if you're going to have 75 people at a restaurant, not every one of them is great. Right. But when the economy is going well like this, these kids can find a job anywhere. Right. Right. So sometimes you want to fire a kid and you know the kid's going to – he's going to force you again. You know, he's going to play your hand because he knows yeah. if he fires me, I'll find a job tomorrow somewhere else. Right. Right. So it's always a balance of doing enough to keep everybody happy. Right. Yeah. Do, how, do you have a tough time with millennials? Or do you think they're um, – are they harder to 
manage, do you think? Uh, or is it just doing managing different to Yeah, I, I wouldn't really say Yeah, I wouldn't say they're harder, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, um Yeah, it's hard to answer. I wouldn't say they are. Okay. The, okay. So you just probably handle it would handle something different if you're dealing with you yeah. know, somebody younger versus so you're you have the director of operations who oversees all four of those and then each location has a general manager? Yes. Okay, so the general manager is the one that actually deals with the employees, right? Like yeah. in one in one location, they'll deal with sixty employees. That's a lot. Yeah, and they they you know have the support of their um, uh, kitchen managers and you know our okay. chefs and, and things like that. So there's so. a and how did how did you find chefs for like in the beginning? Are they the same chefs that you started with? No, we've we've uh, um, had different chefs over the years and. You know, just through the inter- interviewing process and, and bringing people in, we had a great chef that helped us develop our memory our menu when we started. Okay. Um, and, you know, just through the same interview process. Of, Is part of the interview process, do they have to make the stuff on the menu? They and, Well, they do do tastings. They bring in things that they've made and oh. we do tastings with the chefs. If you ever need volunteers to taste anything, yeah, that's I'm good. part of the job. There's I'll be there. two I'll right help here. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, three. <laughs> Jess will go to. Well, when we started, oh, the, yeah. when we started the concept, I remember vividly because we all gained some weight because we were doing so much testing. Oh man, early on. So if we were our Italian panini, which is a great sandwich, but we might have tried it fifteen different ways. Wow. And then we might have cooked, you know, dozens of oh, each my one. Yeah. So yeah, the initial process wasn't yeah. good for our waistline. <laughs> we did a lot of eating. Wow. Huh. Too funny. At any um, chance that you might open up a location in Detroit? You know, we, we've looked at Detroit and, in, in, um, you know, before we opened up, I think our West Bloomfield store, we were, we were looking down at Detroit. We mm-hmm. we just didn't want that to be our second location. We just wanted to work on our concept a little bit more and yeah. before we went down there. But uh, with Cause these are things are happening down in Detroit, by. I mean, yeah. yeah, we'd love to be down there. Yeah, that's little, a happen little place. Little Caesars man. Arena seems like a that nice be a yesterday. location. Did anyone go to that? I was there. You were? Yep. Did you see Kid Rock? I did see Kid Rock, yes. Oh. Yeah, he always puts on a great show, so it was, it was how, a lot of fun. How was the whole experience? Well, I was uh, telling people at work today, my experience was a little bit extra because we, me and my wife and son and friend, we just happened to get down there early and walk right past security, right into the building. We listened to a little bit of sound check. We oh you did. That's fine. Until finally, someone said, "Do you have credentials?" I said, "No, but I got tickets." <laughs> did you say yes? I'm I'm with Chris Bellies. I own Chris Bellies. Don't you know I'm who right. I am? Just say you're with the food service. Yeah. <laughs> well, they let us sit in the market area until uh, wow. the actually opened up. So, well, how early did you get there? About four o'clock. And what time did it open? Six. Oh wow! So you had a full full experience. A couple you, hours of yeah. You checked sound it all check, out. Huh? <clears throat> That's yeah, awesome. the sound check was only for a little bit before they noticed us and said, "Get out of here." So is most of it open down there now, as far as the restaurants and the bars, and or is it still in process? Well, everything that was inside the uh, arena was open. Yeah, that's it, nice. Now, Kid Rock has a new restaurant. Is it in the arena? Yes. That's, oh, it is. That's where we ate dinner last night. Yes. Oh, you did. Yep. What's oh. it called? Um, made in Detroit. Made in Detroit. Oh, is that the name? Made mm-hmm. in Detroit. Yeah, oh, that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Yep. Well, that yeah. sounds so, like a fun time. Yeah. Tell us how that food was or no? It was good. Oh, it was, it was good. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you went to one of the the first show at Little Caesars Arena. I went to one of the last shows at the Palace. The oh, other did you go night. see Bob Seger? No, we didn't see Seeger. Seeger's coming up, but we saw Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. Oh, yeah. How and was it, that? It was a great show. It's the last country concert they said that will ever be played there. Um, it was a good show, but it turned into a little bit of a love fest between the two of them that I could have done. Oh, without. did it on stage? <laughs> yes. oh, it was on like, stage? could you get a room? <laughs> Which Come I on. guess they have. But <laughs> yeah, clearly. Seriously? Yeah, it was just a little weird. Anna and I sort of looked at each other and went, okay, that's cool. Let's go. Wow. <laughs> Well, Bob yeah. Seger is going to be the last show at the Palace, yeah. and my wife's excited that she went to the first performance at Little Caesars Arena, and yeah. she's going to see Bob Seger on the really? last night. Really? So that's great. When is that concert? Uh, I think a week from Saturday. 23rd. Oh, wow. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Oh, what a bummer with the Palace, but I guess everybody wants to be downtown. I don't blame them. Um, 
All right, so we, we do have to wrap it up because Jess has given us the sign here. Um, Mark didn't make it, so maybe next time we yeah. can have you guys we'll back again. Sure. Uh, when you launch your, your next two or three or four or five, whatever, you guys are doing a fantastic job, though. And uh, the restaurants are in uh, Berkeley, West Bloomfield, Troy, and then the bakery is right here in Royal Oak, Correct. right? Yeah. And um, what time does the bakery open? The bakery opens at 7 a.m. Because I heard that it's just packed. Gina, I'm always sending her down there to get that uh, coffee bread that I like. And she yep, said, that yep. line was too long. I couldn't wait. I'm like, dude, come on. Your family <laughs> couldn't sneak in the back or something? Come up with that stupid Next time, excuse. let her know. I'll, I'll sneak her something out the back. <laughs> yeah. So what time do people have to stay in the night there the night before if they want that coffee cake? Probably well, pay- we start baking. Um, the bakers are there all night. So the wow. bakers come in around 10 p.m. and mm. start baking throughout the night. Uh, then we open up for the customers at 7 a.m. Wow. Okay. So camp out. Get, get in line first, right, Jimmy? <laughs> Take your backpack. Well, you know, I used to get free bread from Gina and Mike. They yeah. bring your bread on, on their boat and, yeah. and, you know, pass out sourdough and yes. Italian mm-hmm. loaves. And That's that the only a, reason why Jimmy comes and hangs out right. with us <laughs> is free this and free that. <laughs> you are an auditor, right, or a police or whatever you are. Um, okay, just one last thing, though, I have to know. So in every relationship, everybody has nicknames. Do you guys have nicknames for each other? I'll tell you, we really don't. No. Really? Johnny That's, Bosco's one. Well, that was Mark's nickname <laughs> growing up, uh-huh. but no one really calls... No, I would honestly say none of us have any nicknames. Oh, that's interesting. Well, you guys are going to have to Just start. Just Joey Kennedy. Kenny's like rolling his eyes. <laughs> yeah. <He's going. laughs> Kenny wants to tell me his nickname with his wife. No, don't tell us that. We're talking about the business relationship. <laughs> I mean, my old friends, funny story is like my, my kids and my new friends will know that somebody I've known forever. Like I've known Jim since we went to St. Yeah. Mike's together. Yep. So my old friends call me Joey. And my new friends call me Joe. Joe. That's how it is with me. They yeah. all call me Jimmy. Jimmy or Jim, yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. We call you other stuff too, but <laughs> that's behind my so, back. Yeah, that's behind Actually, you. no, that's in front of my back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, you guys, thank you so much thank for you. coming well, thank in. Thank you for having us. Oh, we really appreciate it. We do have to get uh, – Jimmy, can you get pictures of these guys? Absolutely. Okay, with your phone while I finish this up. So we are going to – we always finish every show with the fortune cookie. Okay. So what we do is toss the cookies in whichever way the prong is facing. That means that's your – Fortune was meant for you. Ooh, let's see. Um, let's see. What do we have? Yeah, Joe, take one of those, and Kenny, that one's yours. Yeah, and Joe, you could take that one there. This one. And do we have time, Jess? Yeah. Okay, there's yours. And did Jim get one? Now we'll give one to Jimmy. That's facing and, him right there. Yeah, I'll take that one. Thank you. And Jimmy, I'll get some pictures with you. Okay, but why don't you guys go ahead and um, read your fortune, and then we have to end it. You have to add um, with Chris Bellies at the end of your – whoops, I'm making a phone call here. I meant to just get my camera out. So, Jimmy, go ahead and re- read your fortune. Mike Fortune says, you will be showered with good luck. And I don't know if you could – Put your – Oh, I'm sorry. And – My uh, fortune said that uh, you will be showered with good luck, and I think that speaks for itself. Uh, Chris Bellies came on the market in 2011, and it has uh, grown from one to four locations, which that's good luck in and of itself. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I got a friend will bring you a big surprise soon. At Chris Bellies. Yeah. (laughs) Mine is opportunity will soon knock. When it does, answer the door. That's a good one. Make sure that door knocks. That's right. Make sure you answer it. Absolutely. I've got take advantage of an upcoming opportunity. Ooh, you always have Bellies. career stuff going yeah, on. Huh? I got one yesterday. I'm thinking you about got, it. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, wow. So that's You're not weird. leaving me. No, no, okay. no, no, no. I'm not leaving okay. here. I'm just <laughs> okay, this adding is, another job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> another one. The current year will bring you much happiness. Ooh, wow. Ooh, I'm going to have I you guys like spin in just a minute so I can get one more picture. And I do want to, uh, yeah, let's get a picture here. Okay. Um, I also want to just give a shout out to uh, Jeremy Hansen, who um, was with the Gooder guys. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a big art 
um, exhibition this weekend. So if you have mm-hmm. something, if you're looking for something thought-provoking to do Friday after you have dinner at Chris Belly's, you can head down to Wyandotte. And I believe it's in Wyandotte. It's at the River's Edge Gallery. Yes, it is in Wyandotte. It starts at 6 o'clock. But uh, there's four artists that um, are displaying a collection called Closer to G-D. And it sounds really fascinating. So he's actually going to be on the show in the near future. So, um, And I also want to give a shout-out to Taylor Marie, who works for a wine uh, distributor, and her wine is donated from her today. And this is Chardonnay. It's pretty good, wasn't it? Pretty Very good. good. Very good. Yeah, it's called NXNW. I've never had it, but she brought over a whole bag of different wines for us. So Very nice. Yeah. Thank you, Taylor. And um, that's it, guys. Guess what? All right. Thank you very much. So Thank now you. it's time to read the Leap of Faith. <laughs> you sound like is you're that, in church. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Am I taking a leap of faith just being here? You did great, Jimmy. Oh, thank you. No, Bob. seriously, you did. You well, did great. I his can't first wait time, to... he did great. He did. He's going to be back. He's going to be a regular here. Is the check in the mail? Mm, there's no check. There's no che- is there a got... pizza? Yeah, you <laughs> just got a pizza, but Jess is going to take a couple bites out of it. Yeah. <laughs> So Jackie, Jackie's telling me what I have to read now. And it, what what the show closes with is sometimes the only mode of transportation available is a leap, is a leap of faith. faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith. Happy hump day and have a great week.